Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of your day. I do appreciate it. If you want to weigh in on any of the topics, join the conversation at 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. I understand it's lunchtime, so if you can't uh, you can't wait on hold, you can you know shoot me a message on Twitter at Pete Callender, or you can email me Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. So uh, lots of ways to participate. And remember, get the podcast at WBT.com as well. So let me reset some of this uh, local crime stuff because the there are, you know, in the justice system, bum bum, there are right, you have the 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 cops that go and investigate, and you have the district attorney, right, that prosecutes, but you have the judges that like they make these decisions on outcomes and sentencing and that sort of thing. And this is why and they're elected. We get to elect these people. And in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, it's basically all Democrats, right? It's, all of the they're all the judges are basically there. I think all but two, and one of them just uh, stepped aside, and um, two, one of the Republicans, yeah, he just resigned and stepped aside. So, um, low bonds for violent offenders—it's not a new issue. WBTV's Brandon Hamilton reporting, and he's exactly right. I remember this story from. Now approaching 20 years ago, about 17 years ago, I guess. This, we were covering this stuff. We had, we had really high numbers of homicides. We had a, a judicial system that was a turnstile for repeat, as Keith Larson used to call them, repeat, 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 repeat offenders. Right. The uh, district attorney Peter Gilchrist was, you know, facing sort of mutinous behavior. Uh, uh, inside the ranks in the prosecutor's office. He, you know, we'd get up there and he would talk about, we need more funding from the state and all this. But when you look at some of these decisions, and you know, at some point it's not on the DA. At some point it's not on the cop. At some point it is on the judges, right? And low bonds, magistrates, they set those bond amounts and are they, and the magistrates just looking at, are they a flight risk before their first appearance? That's, Right. Magistrates are looking at a very narrow scope. And, you know, are they a threat to the community? What What is the crime they are charged with? But they're not supposed to be trying the case. That's the judge's job. Right. Meeting out the sentence, that sort of thing. And so what Mecklenburg County District Attorney Spencer Merriweather is suggesting is a thing called preventative detention with, that the feds use. That if you're a danger to the community, you remain in custody until your trial. And if you're not a danger to the community, then you get released. Okay. So I I like that idea. But how do you define what is and what is not a danger or who is and who is not a danger to the community? Now, I've been under the impression that gun violence is something that we need to have the national conversation about and has to end today and you know, we're not going to take this anymore. Mom's demanding action and all that. So how come felons who are convicted of possessing firearms, illegally so, how come they just keep getting released? What is up with that? The DA's office puts out press releases on how they performed in trials and they say you know we got a bunch of people that pleaded guilty these ones went to uh, trial and uh, you know they got acquitted they got convicted whatever 
And so this is a rundown. And I, I, we have access to the, the press releases. And so I'm counting here. This is under the Violent Crimes Team press release from July 19th yesterday. The Mecklenburg County DA's Violent Crimes Teams recently worked in Superior Court. And they had list all of these cases. Two different judges. This was for the last week of June. Uh, Lisa Bell and Kimberly Best. And here's one, two, three, four cases. Possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. And here's robbery with a dangerous weapon. Possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. And all of them get sentenced to, you know, it looks like, well, the uh, yeah, the, the felon, uh, the felons with guns, they got like as little as nine months to as much as looks like 27 months. Now, the robbery with a dangerous weapon, Kenyatta Pearson, she got 51 to 74, but all of them got suspended sentences. But they had to do some. So, for example, Kenyatta Pearson, 28 years old, pleaded guilty to robbery with a dangerous weapon. Sentenced 51 to 74 months in prison. Sentence suspended pending her successful completion of 36 months of supervised probation. So the the prison sentence is 51 months minimum. 51 to 74. But she has to do 36 months of supervised probation. And as a condition, she has to do 28 days in custody. So four weeks. Four weeks, 51-month sentence in prison, but if you just do four weeks and then you have some supervised probation for three years, then that'll cut down on your five-year minimum term up to, I mean, up to six, right? 74 months, check my math on that, it's, I believe that's, that's six, a little bit more than six years. So she gets sentenced for somewhere in the neighborhood of you know, five to six years in prison for this armed robbery, robbery with a dangerous weapon, four weeks, 36 months of supervised probation, and you're golden. And if you're a convicted felon and you get a firearm, that's all right. You, you're looking at 18 months of supervised, uh, unsupervised uh, uh, probation, 36 months supervised probation, 24 months supervised probation, that was both of those judges, Best and Bell. Here was another one. This was um, this was Irvin, Robert Irvin, firearm by a convicted felon, supervised release. But he had to do 90 days. But he was looking at two to three years in prison. But if you just do 90 days in custody, see, and they say in custody, it's not prison per se. Probably county lockup, you know? Is this a priority? Is You, you got CMPD holding press conferences saying... People running around with guns and shooting each other. We had, we, hang on, we have another, we had another homicide yesterday, right? The seventh one in seven days. Is this a problem or is this not a problem? You're going to treat this like a problem or not? Why, why are you letting people walk, essentially? Why are you letting them walk? If, if people with guns and gun violence is the problem, you say it is and needs to be addressed, why aren't you addressing it? Judges. Why aren't you addressing addressing it? Now there was another flare up over at the uh, courthouse, according to Ames Alexander. It was over the uh, the the stinky smell the other day over the 
Um, the rotten egg scent. I'll get to that in a minute. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. By the way, with all of these felons getting convicted, pleading guilty to possessing firearms when they're not allowed to, they are a prohibited possessor, right? As a felon, you're not allowed to have a gun. But they ended up with a gun, they got charged, and then they go in front of a judge, and here in Mecklenburg, you get suspended sentences. Is that prompting them to, dare I say it, Think again. Is that prompting anybody to think again? As the U.S. Attorney's Office and the ATF is urging in their very public public service campaign that they launched. Which, by the way, I didn't even notice this. I was talking with Brett Winterbull the other day when we were I was leaving. He was coming in. And he pointed out like the, the logo for this campaign. It's a stop sign. And it says, think again inside the stop sign but it looks like it was clip art from, like, 1992. It's bad. You're not going to convince somebody. You know, I was going to go out and murder somebody, but then I saw this PSA billboard that said, think again. You know, I was going to actually possess this firearm as a felon, and then I just thought again. And I remember hearing Pete talk about on the radio how, I'll just get a suspended sentence. So, okay, check the box. I thought, again, still going to possess the uh, the firearm. What am I missing here? Welcome to the program, Dean. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I am doing all right. You What's sound up? great. Pete, I agree with everything you say. But? but <laughs> no, maybe we don't really fully comprehend how many criminals there are out there. I mean, these people have to deal with them every day. Maybe they're doing somewhat the best they can or who's who do you mean these people well the magistrates and the judges and and everything i i know what the you know what what we see and how it should be but you know are we do we understand exactly what is and how many criminals are they're having to process and everything i mean you know we're all good people that listen to you well uh dean they actually do track all of that did you know that they 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 track all of the uh, the judges' decisions on who gets pretrial release and and everything like that, and the judges and the court system and the cops they know who the frequent flyers are. Well, why why would they why would they not prosecute them? It's not like they prosecuted them. Pay them under the table. No, no, no. They no, Dean. They prosecuted them. They ple- they they charged them. They went to the court. They pleaded guilty to possessing a firearm as a felon. They got a sentence, and then they got a suspended sentence. So they don't serve any time. They just get put on probation. And so that means what? You got to meet with your probation officer. You got to, you know, check certain boxes. You got to check in and all of that. But you're not going to prison. You're not going to prison for five years. Well, what what about this person who goes to prison for five years? I mean, if you... If you prosecuted everybody to the full extent of the law, are we going to end up with, you know, like, whatever the jails? Then don't have the laws, Dean. Dean, then then take the laws off the books. Then why have them? Why would you Why would you put a law on the books that says, if I'm a felon, I can't have a gun. I go out and get a gun, and then you don't throw me in jail as the law says you're supposed to do. You don't do that. 
Because for whatever reason in Dean's mind, Dean's like, oh, you know, I don't want to have overcrowded prisons or something. And so why have the law? No, I, I, I don't I don't want to not have overcrowded prisons because whatever, if you do something wrong, you got to pay the price. But I'm just saying that, you know, what is, what is the incentive for these people to skirt the, you know, the the full prosecution of the law or to to set this up? I, is it the you know? What's the incentive of the of the judges? What what are you asking? What the incentive of the judges is to give everybody suspended sentences? No, what would be the in you know? The yeah, what would be the incentive of doing that? Why wouldn't they want to prosecute them to the full extent of? You the keep law? saying, Dean. So, all right, Dean. You, you keep saying, why are you not prosecuting to the full extent? You got to lay the blame where the blame belongs. The prosecution did go after these people and charge them and got plea deal or plea agreements from them where they pleaded guilty to possessing firearms as felons. They then go to the judge, and the judge gives them suspended sentences. Now, maybe that's all part of the plea arrangement. Maybe that was all part of the plea agreement. doesn't say that in the press releases, but and they usually will tell you if there was a plea agreement accepted. But this is what they're doing. I mean, so so they're, it's not a matter of prosecuting them to the full extent of the law. It's a matter of the law says they have to go to jail for a certain amount of time, and they're not getting sent to jail. And, and we're, we were told that this is a very big problem, gun violence, and this is the big issue that Democrats want to focus on. And, and you're asking whatever could be the reason why. And I would submit there's probably some philosophical reason behind it. But I don't know. Every judge is going to have a different motivation, and every case is going to be different. Yeah, but it seems to be trending. You know, you're, it you're does. giving us numbers, and I, I agree with the numbers, that, you know, this is how it's going. It's not just a judge and that. It seems to be systemic through the whole system. Right. 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 That's what it seems like. So what? What is the base cause? Does anybody really? I mean, that's I a question. Just, that's a question. Yeah, that's a question for the judges. Because I, I can't get in their minds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Every one of those judges is going to tell you probably something different, but they're all going to say something to the effect of every case is different. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm following the guidelines as set forth in the law and I'm using my uh, judgment as I am a judge. And that's what they're supposed to do. So I imagine that's what they would tell you. Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you? What's going on? Hey, thanks. I'm Hi. doing great. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I was just telling your screener, it's not very difficult to figure out why these uh, judges are doing what they're doing. They've been through the same schooling that uh, the CRT and 1619 Project, all of the injustices of the U.S. and social justice reform, and they're just following through with what they've been taught. Yeah, I mean, there's for all of the judges, there are going to be different uh, rationalizations, explanations, justifications, whatever, reasons for various decisions. Sure, and, and you've got, yeah, I mean, judges are just lawyers who ran for judgeships, right? So, of course, if they come through these uh, these institutions and they share this school of thought— then, yeah, they're going onto the bench in order to enact their form of what they consider to be justice, right? Well, it's, it, it, to me, it boils down to the unfairness of this country. That's, that's what they're trying to right the wrongs of mm-hmm. in their minds. 
Well, remember, Sherry Beasley made this explicit case in 2020 after uh, George Floyd and the riots and all that. Remember, Sherry Beasley, as the chief justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, she did a PSA, a, a little recorded video of her in her robe in the Supreme Court chambers uh, or in her. Yeah, in the chambers or in the office. I forget where, but completely inappropriate and said that our justice system is systemically racist. Right. Speaking as the chief judge, and I mean, like I gotta think that that has an impact. Sure, that 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 philosophy that might be one of the reasons why. The one of the other reasons I would suspect is that these uh, the judges are elected, and the people that tend to donate heavily to judges are lawyers. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, it has to. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's wrong, but it's happening all over the place. Yeah, Tom, appreciate the call, man. Thank you. All right, take care. Uh, and now I, I do have to acknowledge uh, that that was my fault with Dean because I forgot I have to I have to tell Dean make your assertion because Dean has a very bad habit of just asking questions after after question after question and whether it's innocent or not I don't know it doesn't matter to me but. What it does is it it, it is a uh, it's a tactic. Whether he knows this or not, it is a tactic. It's an interrogation tactic, and you st- and he's trying to steer somebody to get to what is ultimately his point or his assertion. And I recognize it as it's happening. I get very frustrated with it as it starts happening. And I usually, and I have before, I usually just say, make your assertion, Dean, just make your assertion. And I forgot, it's been a while since I chatted with him. I forgot that I need to do that right out of the gate. So that's on me. I'm the professional. I apologize. Let me go over here to uh, John Doe. Hello, John Doe. How are you? What? Oh, okay. Hang on a second. He's on. He's not online too. He's over here on. Hello, John Doe. Is this you, John Doe? Yeah, this, is this Pete? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, uh, man, I, I, I'm listening to your show, and, and uh, it's a good topic today. And every, I, I just wanted to call in because I actually am uh, considered by law a convicted felon. Mm-hmm. I've never been in any trouble my whole life except for that one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it was, I got caught with four ounces of marijuana. And by the time the police got done with what they was doing... Uh, tacking on charges. I mean, it went from just having four four ounces of marijuana. At the time they got done, they put on uh, uh, with intent to sell and uh, manufacturing, maintaining, dwelling. And the time they got done, I had five felonies on me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have never been in any trouble since. That was 30 years ago. And and never been in any trouble up to that point. Mm-hmm. One time in my life getting in trouble and they hang a felony on me, which is with me my whole life and and, and, and i hear you know you, you talk every day about uh, the crime that goes on in charlotte and and stuff and, and i carry a gun for protection mm-hmm. and i know if i get caught with this gun i'm probably i would be the one person that they would throw in jail for five or six years <laughs> i mean right. seriously I, I, I would be that one person right and and I understand you, you know, like you're you're talking about today. There's a lot of serious people out there that does a lot of crime that's carrying guns, and right. they should they should get jail time. It's just I don't I just it don't seem fair to me for someone to get some trouble one time in their whole life 
I mean, I haven't even had a speeding ticket in my life. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just funny how how that works out with some people uh, that that does you know works every day and and tries to lead a good life and just has one one issue in, in their past can stick with them. Be it these criminals out here every day with guns that's that's robbing stores and can get caught with a gun and they don't. Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't that, yeah, it doesn't seem like they. It doesn't seem like they pay. Um, yeah. They, and they, they, yeah. Yeah, it, it, well, a couple things. Number one, it gets to uh, the drug war and the charges. And sounds like you know, thirty years ago, I am familiar with a lot of the drug laws that were on the books at the at that time. Um, and I think a lot of them were completely egregious. Yeah, if you have you know the difference between carrying a an eighth versus uh, you know a, a QP or something, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you get the possession with intent to distribute. Well aware of it and. Uh, hanging charges on people, you know, it's like spaghetti. They just throw it at the wall, you know, and see how many can stick. So I, I get that. Um, and I I would submit that as we move towards decriminalization of, of pot, there needs to be forgiveness of everybody who has had any kind of pot charges on their record. That needs to happen. Uh, and I would submit it probably should happen before they even uh, decriminalize some of that stuff. But um, I don't think that I can look at the press release here and see as many felons with possession of a firearm i i don't i i can't see all of them and say that every one of them was a situation like yours that that yeah. that does that that is not compelling it's not persuasive to me uh, i would assume there are people there that have taken plea agreements that this is what they they cop to uh in order to stay out of prison but yeah. either way they were convicted felons they committed something some other crime because chances are that the fact that they were because these were all plea deals these were all None of them went to trial on this stuff, right? So they yeah. accepted that in order to stay out of prison. So what does that tell you? They had something else going on when they got picked up, and they were already a felon. Exactly. And and, and it, it just keeps going and going with them, and nothing gets done to them them kind of people. But yet, if I'm out there today on my way home, and I get pulled over, and I get a police officer that feels like he wants to, to search my truck or my vehicle— and he finds that gun, I, and they take me to court. But I guarantee you, I, I do. I do jail time because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of them problem people. And, and that's the one that seems to me like that they want to really stick it to. This and so this is the problem. I don't know. We obviously like we don't know what would happen to you, right? Because it's all hypothetical, right? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but what you're expressing, what you're expressing is is a lack of confidence in the fairness of the system. You assume that you are going to be treated differently, and by differently we mean more poorly, that you're going to have a worse outcome than somebody else uh, in the system. And that's the problem. If the if if we lose confidence in the judicial system because of this kind of stuff that we're seeing, then society suffers at large. John, i got to run. I appreciate the call, man, and uh, just always say no if they ask to search the car. Just no. It's a lot harder to prove probable cause than than letting them do it than consent. And I know cops are going to be mad I said that, but you should always say no, even if you don't have anything in the car. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. AOC is saying that she put her hands behind her back in order to comply in the... Uh, is the best practice while detained, handcuffed or not, 
to avoid escalating charges like resisting arrest. All right. Show of hands. I mean, if you're not, you know, handcuffed. Show of hands here. How many people think that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was going to get charged with resisting arrest by the Capitol Police while being televised for simply just complying, just walking? Really? Really? No. The fact that they both put no. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. Uh, Let me go over here to Stan. Welcome to the show. Hello, Stan. How are you doing today? Hi, Pete. How are you? I am okay. I was talking to one guy a while ago about he was talking about if he got caught with a gun illegally, um, what would happen to him versus other folks. And what I wanted to tell you is, is that if you just look at it on his face, social justice and hate crime legislation specifically says that certain victims are treated differently under the law. And I think that, but it doesn't happen everywhere. It's happening more often when you're in blue cities that have politically activist DAs. So it will make a difference on where you got caught and and, and, the, and those parameters. Right. And, and I think the social justice warriors would say that uh, the inverse is true, that if you are uh, a BIPOC, right, a, a, a black, indigenous, or person of color, that you have been on the uh, on the receiving end of that prejudicial treatment. Yes. Yeah, well, and, and honestly, I, w- I will tell you this, and I don't know what you can do about this, but I always have thought that, that, that uh, people of color have had something to complain about, mm-hmm. because the bottom, the bottom line is, is if you're wealthy enough to afford a good lawyer, you can buy your way out of stuff. Whereas they, they may not be able to, and they may get stuck with a public defender and a plea agreement, and it puts them in a situation where they, they end up on, on the wrong side of the justice system because they didn't have the money to fight it. Yeah, I mean, there definitely is how much, you know, this theory, how much justice can you afford, right? Uh, the, to your Yeah, to your point, I mean, it's like the philosopher Chris Rock said that, you know, O.J. Simpson, that it wasn't necessarily about race, that was about being famous. Now, I don't know if that's all true. I think there was a bit of score settling going on in that case. But, um, but yeah, there there definitely are, you know, two systems. If you're really wealthy, chances are you can beat the rap. But I'm not going to deny that there were also a whole bunch of racists that probably threw a whole bunch of black people in jail for a very, very long time. So I don't, and, and that, and, I don't have to and, pick. And that, is, that, that is true. So, so the question is, what changes and fundamental changes do we have to make to the system going forward so that people have the confidence in that system? Yeah, I think we just got to incarcerate all white people. I think that's going to be the... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only answer. Stan, thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate it. All right. All right. See you. Uh, really? I mean, you got it's like a numbers thing. You got to balance it out. Just, all right. So how many people went to prison? All right. That's how many we have to have. That was, by the way, I mean, I, I kid about that, but that was, that was the argument over uh, like 20 years ago in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools when they were trying to uh, decide uh, like the, the, what to do with the, the troublemaking kids. And they wanted to send them to, you know, the, uh, you know, I don't know what reform academy or whatever it is. I forget what they call it right at, at the time because they've changed the names of it. But um, it had to be racially balanced. That was with Democrats on the school board. Uh, that's what they were talking about. They, they, they did. They did not want to see an inequity between who was going to be sent to the school. Um, Tony says, hey, Pete, maybe Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was wearing her jacket Yesterday in July in D.C. at the protest, just in case she needed to use it as a makeshift pillow 
while in the can. It's been a long time since I've been in a jail cell, but I do recall that the sleeping arrangements are not quite like the Hyatt. <laughs> that might be it. Uh, Ikifu on Twitter says, in a Pete tweet, says, just say no, no to the popo when asked if they can search your car. Uh, at Patriot Girl says, so convicted felons can have guns, but I got to wait a year for my concealed carry permit. Welcome to Mecklenburg County. And I do need to read this because, uh, oh, no, there's the music. I, it's a lengthy, okay, it's a lengthy uh, email that I got from Marcus, uh, he, who is the former executive director of an organization called Charmec Court Watch. I do recall this organization. I will read to you his uh, email that he sent to me the other day. I also forgot to tell you about the tempers that were flaring over the rotten egg smell in the courthouse. That's all next. Next. 